Welcome to The Story Tinker, a place for in-depth analysis of stories, including Midnight Poppyland, Purple Hyacinth, and more. Co-hosted by sharp, witty, and dare I say, thirsty fans, we dive deep into every episode, analyzing character, relationship development, and so many theories. You can follow The Story Tinker right here on YouTube, as well as all podcast platforms. You can also follow The Story Tinker on Instagram and Facebook. For bonus content, sneak peeks, and more, you can support The Story Tinker on Patreon. If you like what you see, please like and subscribe. Thank you for listening to The Story Tinker, and let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 30 of The Story Tinker Purple Hyacinth podcast called Sanguinary Snake. And we are once again with um christine right sorry and <laughs> and food hi everyone hello so we left off last episode with a very ominous scene of harvey in the apg and we open up this episode again at the apg doors we have <clears throat> the detectives and the officers um who have apprehended colden and are arresting him and we have harvey walking into the apg and he sighs and March tells him, thank you again for working overtime to help with the arrest. Pats him on the back. Rest of the squad is going back on patrol. You're free to leave. And it's sweet. March is sweet. You know, this is like him at his, in his natural element, like being a mentor, being kind. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Harvey's like, I'm glad I could help. Although it's a shame we couldn't catch Lynn. We were so close this time. <laughs> at least what the other witnesses said is right. They look like two men. Okay, people. Well, I guess Lauren's effective job with disguising herself. Like, better luck next time, I suppose. I doubt this is the last time we'll hear from them. And Harvey's like, I'll stay behind for a little longer to finish my report. See you tomorrow, Detective March. And he gives this, like, cheerful grin. Very sweet. March is like, don't stay up too late, Harvey. And turns around. And it's like this whole scene is very premonitory. You're like, you know it's a setup. <laughs> when someone says... <laughs> see you tomorrow you're like i'm not gonna see you tomorrow yeah and now we have a violence warning so i mean anyone who's listening to the podcast knows already but yeah so be aware and now we have this scene of um looks like it's i guess it's an apd with somebody it looks like a woman um in some room and then we have um an officer patrolling the hallways and he looks in and he into the office he's like oh hey harvey you're still there yeah just finishing some work i'll see you around you're a cute face and he's still working there in the office and then suddenly there's a push behind him and a shadow and harvey's like oh i have to go to the archive room and he gets up puts some papers away in the drawer walks to the archive room and we see behind him in the hallway that shadowy figure again. He opens up the door and he perceives something and he's like, turns around and says, hmm. But then the hallway is empty, dark behind him. And it's so ominous. And I was like, ah. <laughs> how did you guys react? Oh, the cliffhanger. What were you thinking? Uh, just like all the scary movie tropes, like <laughs> there's someone there. You just can't see it, but you know someone's there. I was... I don't remember what I was thinking when I first read this, but I was probably hoping that Harvey would somehow survive this. <laughs> um, <laughs> about that. 
okay, well, we have to continue. And he unlocks the door and he's like, God, the department is so creepy at night. I better finish my work quickly and get out of here as soon as possible. And you're like, why did you go, Harvey? Why? You could have done this tomorrow. <laughs> um, I wonder if the code is anything. Five, five, three, four. Okay, well, I don't know. He opens the door, goes in, and then there's the figure again coming in the hallway behind him, turns on the light, goes through the shelves, looks for some stuff, sits down at a desk, and we get this view of like the trolley car and the door and great. Oh, it's so horrible. Yeah. <laughs> oh. The door's my open. dude is about to get slaughtered. Loved hand opening the door. <sighs> and then we cut to street lamps outside. Um, no, sorry, I guess, yeah, it's probably outside the cave. And Kieran and Lauren are in the cave. They're at their giant murder board again with papers all over the floor and files all over the floor. And Lauren says, Colton was talking about the lonely travelers. Do you know where it is? It's like, yeah, it's located in Great Chapel, one of the most dangerous neighborhoods of Art Hollis. And this is the first time we're hearing about it, if I'm correct. And yeah, it's going to feature largely in the story. So this is our introduction to it. It's not far from one of the Phantom Sites' favorite hangout spots, the Grim Goblin, an underground tavern. So the Grim Goblin and the Lonely Traveler are near each other. So for people who like locations, which is not me because I'm very bad at those stuff, here is a detail for you guys. <laughs> yeah, so Inspirational made this whole video of like locations and stuff. I was like, I could not follow. Like, I do not remember. <laughs> I can tell you many stories about me getting lost and whatever. So Spacio stuff is not my thing. <laughs> So he continues, he says, my bet is that he has some sort of meeting with a number, another member of the operation there, perhaps even the apostle's messenger, if we're lucky. So we're going to follow Flemings. And then Lauren says, we're going to follow Flemings there as soon as he gets back in town. The Flemings was the one who was out of town. And Kieran's like, I am going to follow him. Even if you had a particularly ardent death wish, I wouldn't let you set foot in the Grim Goblin. And this is very nice of him because he continues. He says, they smell newcomers from a mile away and they'll tear you to, uh, they'll tear you to shreds until you've proven you're as wicked as them. So it's like protective of her. Mm -hmm. He also yeah. doesn't need her. He also needs her to not die because in this partnership, she's carrying him with the whole lie detecting skills. Well, I don't know. I mean, I do think that they're they're pretty equal because he does. He seems to be doing a lot of the like investigating stuff. Mm -hmm. But I, I know you always like to bring it down to like the mercenary level. But I'm gonna say he <laughs> cares about her a little bit. I think that too. <laughs> <laughs> and he also doesn't think she's wicked because he says, you know, you're you're gonna have to prove you're as wicked as them, and that's basically not gonna be possible. So. He doesn't think of her as wicked. Another nice thing to know. <laughs> he sees her as a good cop, right? Because yeah. in like episode 10, he was like, so the good cop wants to say, stay the good cop. Then Lauren, of course, just, you know, rubs his, throws it off. She's like, charming. I suppose I'll infiltrate, infiltrate the inn when he's out then. And he's like, touche, officer. <laughs> um, and then Lauren, kind of like, takes a moment and she thinks for a bit and then she just like rubs something and she obviously is good, I'm about to say something that's a little hard for her to say and she says listen huh I don't want this to get awkward and I know it's random <laughs> but I'm sorry for pushing about the flowers last time hmm. 
Okay. Good for you, Lauren. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Apologies. Interesting. Yeah. Being open, being communicative. Mm -hmm. Except Kieran hasn't apologized for when he pushed her against the wall yet, I think. I don't know. We haven't done episode 28 yet, so I actually don't really know. Um, I think you mean... I think you mean after they... Oh, whatever it is um, After they... After she almost got them all killed. Is that what you mean? Yeah, but she apologized for that. He didn't apologize for invading her personal space yet. Mm. I mean, I don't know. I think that they've both been handsy. Well, she just did the same thing to him afterwards, even worse. So, like, I think that they kind of evilled out, even even down on that. Mm -hmm. Oh, but Kieran is completely taken aback by that apology. And he, you know, he's just completely wide-eyed, very cute face. And that then so cute. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Usually he's smirking, and this is like a rare moment where we see his his open face. But he immediately slides back to Smirky and he's like, ha, huh, you. And then he just closes his mouth and doesn't say anything. And then, and you can tell he's kind of like maybe absorbing the moment of genuine connection. And because they're usually just like ribbing at each other and fighting in some shape or form. So I think he's like relishing the, the genuineness of this moment. Wow. I love how like, I love how these two are just having a nice moment together. And then Harvey's like literally about to get murdered. <laughs> God. The energy. You had to, you had to remind it. us. Yeah. You guys forgot? No. It's, <laughs> it's more like selfism's like, here you go, a nice little present, a little Kieran and Lauren moment, and then murder, murder, murder. <laughs> you yep, probably have to exactly. thank F for that one. Yeah. <laughs> she wrote this scene. <laughs> probably. <laughs> that's funny and you know he has this sort of like nice look on his face i don't know i don't know how to describe it like what would you say the expression on his face is when he says i guess we're even now officer kind of like not like awestruck but just like huh like, yeah a bit of smugness okay. i'd say like i guess we're even now I know. <laughs> Building connections. <laughs> smile too. It's like this please smile. Mm -hmm. oh, I love it. Like, I did a good thing. He's so proud of himself. Yeah, sweet. You know, they've just been oh my, like at each other's throats all the time and now like a real connection. And then, and then as you said, then. <laughs> go into this black black panel and we have creek and the RV turns around I, I like that transition too where it's like it just the panels like it goes from white to just black yeah. it is time <laughs> dark creeks open Harvey whips his head around he's like hey is somebody there yes there is <laughs> anybody and he like he's getting nervous he turns back to the desk and he's you know examining his papers and we see the shadow again and then they like disappear behind some shelves oh getting so angry also and then the shadow comes closer oh okay this is just horrible and we see the person drawing out a blade uh, the scabbard and um, too. what 
the pretty blade. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm just saying, I might kill someone too if I got to use that thing. Well, it makes me glad we're doing these sessions remotely then. <laughs> <laughs> All a girl wants is a knife. Who needs a man when you have a very pretty knife? You know, I don't know. I like knives for like cutting vegetables. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so it has a um, snake who is, you know, a wide open and his fangs are just extended there. It is a pretty knife, I will admit. And Harvey turns around again and he's shaking. Um, he clearly detects something and he doesn't see anything again. But then there's, he stands up, he's like, okay, time to get out of here. And he tucks this thing under his, his arm. He has a figure behind him. <laughs> and, then, and then there's a slice and um, little blood thing. And it's very sad. And all vapors go flying down. Ugh. And Harvey look, just clutches his neck and um, looks like really shocked. And then we see this shadowy figure with the dagger in this person's hand with blood on it. And... Um, and he says, you, you are the, and he's shaking and there's blood coming down from his neck, but then there's blood coming out of his mouth. He huffs, there's blood all over his hands. I didn't, it's like harder to read than I realized. Um, and we see this slit on his neck. Ugh. It's just really gruesome image of Harvey, just like blood coming out of every orifice. Um, his neck is purple, he's shaking. It's just really gruesome. And he falls down to the floor. And um, and the person kicks him, and she wipes. Uh, well, the person wipes their dagger on his shirt, and takes the papers, and just walks out. Um, takes his foot, drags him. Um, it's again really gruesome because he's just prostate and dead, and um, that's the end of that episode. Mm-hmm. Dang. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it was stuff like this that made me not want to read it to begin with. <laughs> the first murder that we had in like the first or second episode, that was like, I was like, oh, I can't, I can't, yeah. read, I like, I can't read this. Um, then I came back to it a few months later, but wow, it's sick. It's really, mm-hmm. really sick. I'm not like a like a gore person either so like but like I prepared myself I knew what I was getting into but that that panel with Harvey was just like oh god okay no I can't look at it like I was like scroll scroll yeah. I'm, I'm numb to it at this point <laughs> you have to numb yourself to a certain extent because um otherwise you can't read it and I know that for myself, like I used to be highly disturbed by um, violence in the world in general. Like it was one, as a young person, I would like, every time I'd read any article, I would cry, I would be depressed. It was like very, very bad. Um, eventually I had to like, I mean, I guess over the time I did learn to know myself um, because it was just not functional, but it's, it's bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <sighs> okay, let's go to the next episode because well, the whole Harvey arc has has what to discuss, but I'm not sure if we'll it'll necessarily be in the next episode because there's a lot of stuff to say about him, but um, at the at the right time. So let's mm-hmm. start with this.
Thank you to my current patrons, Susie, Lady Liberus, Lily, Jenny, Haley, One and Only Taco, Elizabeth, Maria, Molly, Veronica, Emily, Emily, Joe, Rochelle, Dahlia, Saucy Tacos, Meg, Anne Rose, Priya, Alex, Misty, Laura, Joanne, and Patty. Your support is truly appreciated. 